Yud Gimelamid Beis, two lines from the bottom, picking up in the middle of the sugya, is dealing with uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, death and burial. So the Pasuk in the end of Sefer Dvarim says, And he was buried in the valley, in the land of Moab, across from Beis Poor. Amrav Brachia, Simen, Beseich, Simen. We have a number of different descriptions of where it was, as we see in the Pasuk, and even though that's the case, the Pasuk concludes, Nobody knows where exactly he is buried. Ukfar Shalcha, Malchus HaRashah, they already tried to check this one time. Uh, the uh, Roman authorities sent to the Gistra Shalbeispoor, the governor of the Beispoor region, which is where the Torah describes Moshe's being buried. And the Romans uh, wanted to know, Heichan, Herenu, Heichan, Moshe, cover. Uh, can you please show us where this uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was buried? Amdulamala, so the uh, Beispoor. Uh, surveyors or people who did these things, uh, they tried to view it from a upper area, Nidmehem Lamatz, and it appeared to them as though it was lower down. Lamatza, when they went lower down, Nidmehem Lamal, it looked like it was uh, higher up. Nechlekula Shnekitis had a great idea. They split into two groups. Oisan Sha'indim Lamala, the ones who were standing up above, Nidmehem Lamatz, it appeared as though it was lower. Lamatza, the ones who were lower, Nidmehem Lamala. Basically, they couldn't find it. L'kayim ashenemar, to fulfill the uh, pasuk that it says, v'layada ish eskfurosai. Basically, nobody knows where Moshe is buried. Rav Bar Chanina, I underlined his name. Four lines later in the middle of the line, I underlined his name again. Two lines below that, I underlined his name again. We're going to have a few members of Rav Chaim Bar Chanina. Rav Chaim Bar Chanina, Amar, not only does no one know where Moshe is buried, Af Moshe Rabbeinu heichan kavor. Even Moshe himself doesn't know where he's buried. That's very interesting. It's it's explained. Uh, I believe the Meshachachma explains that we know in general the concept person passes away, and for that first uh, first year or so, the soul is going between the body. And Shamayim, and back to the body, and back to Shamayim. So the uh, soul, so to speak, is uh, aware or cognizant of where the physical body is buried. However, Moshe Rabbeinu was unique. We know that he was basically a soul uh, in a body. He even went up to Har Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights and didn't eat. He was unique. So it seems as though when his soul, so to speak, passed away, it never had to go back down. That that uh, initial period of time that's usually needed for almost everyone to to break away from the physical wasn't needed. So Moshe literally never went back down and wasn't sure where he was buried. Ksiv Hacha and the Psukim, which indicate uh, this, says over here, Velayada Ish, I dot underline the word Ish, Eskurasa, there was no Ish, no man who knew where Moses was buried. Ksiv Hasam, it says elsewhere, referring to Moshe, Vizay Sabracha, Asher Beirach Moshe, who's described as Ish, Ha'elokim, I dot underline the word Ish, and just like in this Pasuk, Ish is referring to Moshe, so too even in the previous Pasuk. Kama, Vam Rabcham Rabchanina, why is Moses buried as a description of right next to base Peor, which is, we know is Vodazora, uh, the Jewish people uh, kind of uh, you know, f- uh, made a bit of a big mistake with the base Peor. Well, in the Chumash, there's a story of the uh, Jewish people, unfortunately, going uh, 
astray after the base poor, and it seems like every year, according to Tysus, at uh, this that time of year, the uh, spiritual force, the malach uh, of uh, base poor, goes up to be makatrig to, uh, to 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 say bad things against the Jewish people. And at the same time, who's there? Moshe Rabbeinu. So as soon as that spiritual force from base poor decides to go up, Moshe Rabbeinu is right there to stop it. How do we understand this pasuk? It says, uh, After the Lord your God, you shall walk or go. Go uh, follow Hashem. Now, really? Now, we know in other Gemaras that's uh, Darshan, I think, and then Aksubis to mean that you should try to marry your daughters off to Tamidi Chachamim. Here we're going to take a different approach. Literally, you're supposed to, like, be right behind Hashem. Is it possible for a person to go? What do we know as far as the description of the Shechina? It's an all-consuming fire. You probably do not want to stand too close to an all-consuming fire. What does it mean, then, when the Pasuk says that you should follow right behind Hashem? Follow the character traits. Now, what do I mean the character traits? Hashem is outside of time and space, but in the Chumash, we see numerous times that the way it's described, Hashem related to the Jewish people, is in certain uh, types of actions, and those are the types of actions that we should emulate, and by us emulating it, genuinely we become more godlike, because we know that's a description of what Hashem himself is. So, Mahu, I put a vector under this Mahu, and three, two lines later, then lines of Kaddish Baruch Hu, I put a vector under that. Two lines below that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I put a vector on that. Three lines later, first word on line is Avelim. Next word is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're going to see four character traits of Hashem and that since the Torah tells us that's why Hashem is, we should emulate that to become more godlike. Ma Hashem mal bisharumim, he clothes the otherwise naked. Dechsiv, like the Pasuk says, right at the beginning of Breshis, Vayas Hashem Elohim la'adam uli'ishtoi, he made for them some type of uh, covering or clothing, and clothed them, so to you, human beings, want to become more godlike, uh, cause uh, the otherwise unclothed to be clothed. He visits the uh, sick, like the Pasuk says, and the Lord appeared to him in Aloine Mamre, so to you, uh, Jewish people, Bakir Choylim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nichem Avelim. He goes to comfort the mourners. Dixiv. Vayachrei Mois Avram. After Avraham Avinu passed away, uh, Hashem came to Yitzchak. Vayivarech Elohim Es Yitzchak Benoi. Afata, so to you, Nachem Avelim. You too should be Nachem Avelim. And finally, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavar Mesim. And this is how we got onto the topic, because we know that Hashem, so to speak, buries the deceased. Who was with Moshe? It was only Hashem, and it says he buried him in the valley. So to you, bury the deceased. Now, we had quoted up above, about seven lines ago, the Pasuk that Hashem made for Adam and uh, his wife, Adam and Chava, Kasnais Or. Now, what are Kasnais Or? Machlokas, Ravu Shmuel. Colon, chad, I underline the word chad, amar, davar, haba, min, haor. That when he made him kasnai, some sort of covering of or, it means from the skin, like a sheep. You uh, shear the wool off the sheep. It comes from the skin of the sheep. It comes from the leather of the sheep. 
V'chad, and the other one, I underline the word chad, amar davar shahaor nehene. No, the kasnois or is something that the skin will get great pleasure from. Uh, what's that? What's the skin feel really nice when it has next to it? Uh, linen, and that's what we're referring to. Darash, <coughs> I double underline the word darash. It's the first of two drushes, and the last narrow line in the middle of the line is another darash. Both of them are going to be brought to us by Rebbe Simloi. Here's the first, darash Rebbe Simloi. Taira, the five books of Moses, Tchilasa Gemilus Chasadim Vesayfa Gemilus Chasadim. At the beginning, it has to do with loving kindness, giving to others, and at the end also. Colon, Tchilasa, which I underline, Gemilus Chasadim, Dichsiv, right at the beginning of the creation story. It says, Vayas Hashem Alekim Adam Leishtai, Kasnais Or, Vayal Bishem. Basically, Hashem made a, a clothing of some sort for this uh, new. Uh, creation that he had made known as Adam and Chava. The Saifa, and right at the end of the Chamish Chum Shaitar, also underlined the word Saifa, Gmilos Hasadim Dixiv, what was Hashem doing there? Vayikbar Isai Begai, he buried uh, Moshe in the valley. Here's another Drasha, Darshab Simlai, Mimnema, Nisava Moshe Benali Kanasar Eretz Yisrael. You read through, and uh, it's very clear that Moshe really wanted to go into Israel. He really, really wanted to bring the people into Israel. He wanted to be in Israel. Why? He wanted to get some shawarma, or he wanted to eat from the fruit, or uh, you know, what exactly did, what, what does that mean? He wanted to satiate himself from his goodness. Why did Moshe want to go into Israel so intensely? This is what Moshe was figuring. There are many mitzvahs. Moshe was in charge of giving them over from Hashem to the Jewish people. However, those mitzvahs can only be fulfilled in Israel. Why did Moshe want to go in? He figured, I'll go into the land, so I'll be able to fulfill all those mitzvahs. So Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, is, what's the reason you want to go in? You want to get the scar for those mitzvahs? Well, says Hashem, Make you a deal, you can't refuse. I'll consider it as though you did those mitzvahs. Shenamar, where do we have this concept brought out? A Pasuk in Yeshaya. Says the Pasuk, we'll read the whole thing, it goes for about a line and a half, and then we'll darshan each phrase. So says the Pasuk, Lachain, Achalek loy berabim, and therefore I will like assign a portion, I'll give him a portion in. Rabim in the public, and with the mighty ones, he will divide the the booty. Since he like heera is like to pour out laharikra, he says he poured out um, his soul uh, till the time of death. nimna, he want to be included with the uh, sinners who hates rabim nasa. He he helped bear the sin of the public, and he, he davened, he prayed intensely for those who were sinners. Now let's go over each phrase. As we go over each phrase, I'll underline the phrase. Here's the first four words. Maybe it should be like the later ones, not like the earlier ones in history. No, Tamalim, the Pasa continues, the next four words, with the mighty ones, who are the mighty ones in our Jewish history? None other than Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, they were the mighty of mighties, in whatever that means, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to be amongst them, and he was told by Hashem that he would be. 
There's another five words here. Tachas asher he'er alamavis nafshoi. What does it mean? He poured out, uh, like to the point of death, uh, his nafshoi. He was basically willing to give up his life for the Jewish people. Uh, at a certain point, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu says, listen, if, if not, if, if you're going to, uh, wipe out the Jewish people, then wipe me out of your, your book, your Torah. Three more words from the Pasuk as Poishim Nimna, who was Moshe counted along with who were sinners. Well, Shanimna, Moshe was included in the same Midbar amongst those of the Jewish people who passed away while still in the desert. Four words we underlined, Vuhu Chazar Nasa, the mistakes of the, um, the, 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 the masses did he bear, Shekiper al Maisa Ego. Moshe Rabbeinu himself took a good chunk of the uh, Kapara for the uh, golden calf incident. Ule poishim yavgia. Underline ule poishim yavgia. Shabike shrachamim. Moshe um, uh, davened intensely, uh, requested the the compassion and mercy of Hashem for the poish Yisrael that they should yechzeru betshuva that they should return to the correct way. Ve'en pegia. How do we know that yavgia means to daven? Ella tefila shnemar, like the pasuk says. The atal tispalo ba'adam, and uh, you do not pray for the people azev. Altisa ba'adam rino tefillin, do not lift up for them uh, cries and prayers. The al tifka be. And here we see the word tifka used synonymously with tefillah. Uh, that's the end of the first parak. Hadran lacham mekanali ishtoi. Second parak. Hayamevi es minchasa. We're back to uh, saita, which is our masechta. Let's say there was the kinoi, there's the stira, the husband is there with his wife. What was the uh, procedure that would take place in uh, Yerushalayim in the, in the base of Migdash? So, Hayamevias Mincha, say he would bring, uh, the, the, her Mincha would be brought in a kefifa mitzris. Uh, mitzris would be like from the word sure, like a, um, a palm branch type of basket. And then she'd put it on her hands and she would hold it. And the point would be to tire her out. Um, a lot of interesting things in this mission. The Gemara is going to go over uh, all these points uh, uh, shortly. I underline we're going to compare this Karban Mincha that's being brought for the Soto woman to others. Uh, one line later, in the middle of the line, again, Kolom underlined those two words. And a line below that, the fourth and fifth words on the line are Kolom So three comparisons. Here's the first. Kolom in general, Tchilasan Veseif and Bikli Shares. Um, right now, we think that this means that a person brings the uh, grain for the Karban Mincha and the ingredients in a Kli Shares to the uh, to the Azara, and um, then puts them into another klisharis. Vizu, and I squiggle underline the word vizu, this, the uh, mincha of a sota woman, tchilasa starts out, as we just saw in a kfifa mitzris, v'saifa b'klisharis, and only afterwards, when the Azara, when they're about to offer it, is it put into a holy service utensil. Kolom is another difference. Te'unais, uh, all of the minchas, almost all of them, require shem and oil and uh, frankincense. Um, okay, there is a mincha schaita, but we'll talk about that uh, uh, later. The zoo, I squeal around the zoo, uh, this uh, karma being brought by the uh, Sota woman, Inatuna, does not require low shemin, there's no oil in it, velo levona, no frankincense. Kama. Kolomenachis uh, Usually the grain that's used is wheat. It's almost always 
wheat vizu, the exception here, I squiggle on the word vizu, the mincha offered by Yasota, ba'a mincha sayrin is brought from barley. Um, period. Mincha sa'imer, the mincha that was for the omer, afapisha ba'a mincha sayrin, even though it came from barley, it was a different consistency. He haisa ba'a geres. It came geris, which is a very finely uh, ground uh, barley flour. Vizu, and this, meaning the uh, sota, karban uh, ba'a kemach, came much more as a chunkier sort of like uh, finely ground barley together with uh, chunks of uh, not so finely ground barley. Rabbi Gamliel, who we boxed, Oimer, Kashem Shema Asaha, just like this woman, the way that she behaved was like an animal, so too Kach Karbana, her Karban is Machal Behema, is barley, which is uh, historically much more associated with animal uh, fodder, animal food, as opposed to wheat, which is uh, more associated with human food. Says the Gemara, Tanya, being a Bryce, the Bryce that goes for a line and a half starts here. Abachanan Aumer Mishum Rabbi Eliezer, and I underline Rabbi Eliezer, that when we said in the Mishnah that she would be uh, holding on to the Mincha, like for a long time, and it was heavy, that that was done Kedeliyaga to tire her out. Why? Why do we want to tire her out? Well, we'd like her very much if she really is guilty. In other words, she had that adulterous. Uh, relations with that guy, uh, so that she'll back off of her insistence of going through with this. You basically don't want her to uh, to die, to explode. Now, who are we talking about here? A woman who had an adulterous affair? If in this way, the Torah has great compassion on somebody who actually violated Hashem's will, all the more so for those who are doing the right thing. Okay, that's the end of the Tanaic source. Now, one second. Uh, who says that the reason that we're doing this is because of Torah's compassion on her? Maybe the reason that we are encouraging her in all ways to admit if she's really guilty. Maybe we don't want the name of Hashem that we usually do not erase off. Uh, into like uh, water to be erased. Maybe that's the reason. Well, might be, but who was this Tanakh source authored by? Rabbi Eliezer. And Rabbi Eliezer holds that the order that things are done is a little bit different. Kesavar, Rabbi Eliezer holds, Mashka that as far as the order of the way things are done, first she's given the water to drink and only afterwards her mincha is offered. And by the way, as long as her mincha hasn't been offered yet, the water will have no effect. It doesn't uh, check her yet, which means if she really is guilty and she admits it, uh, she'll be saved even though the Shem Hashem had already been um, erased. De'i Mishu Megillah, if it's the Megillah that had the Shem Hashem on it, ha imchika, ha imchika la, it's already been erased for her. The Mishnah said, kolam anachis, etc. The, they start out in a klishares. Urim in who, we have a Tanaic source, goes for about 10 lines, and it uh, seems to indicate not like that. Now, this Tanaic source is going to have quite a bit of information in it, and uh, what we'll do is, when we finish it, the Gemara will point out which line it is exactly that we are uh, focused on in the snake source. Anyway, let's go through this Bryson now. Seder Menachos Ketzad. In general, when you have a person who has to bring a Korban Mincha, how does it 
How does it done? So Adam maybe mincha a person brings a mincha mitoich beisai bekalsai shakesefishel zavai. Dot underlined those uh, seven words mitoich beisai bekalsai shakesefishel zavai. He brings the, the ingredients for the mincha in from his home wherever he lives in a like a fancy basket made of like silver or gold. Uh, and then he puts it into a klishares connector, and I underline those three words, the havamina here is that he has to put them from the, the receptacle he brought from home into the klishares on the condition, having like in mind that the klishares will be them. And then he puts on whatever oil or frankincense is necessary. Oh, and brings it to the Kohen. The Kohen Moilicha, and what does the Kohen do with it? He brings it to the Mizbeach, uh, walks it up to the Mizbeach, and then uh, draws it close. In other words, takes the receptacle that has the uh, ingredients in it and, and has it touch the Karendremis Maravis, the southwestern corner of the Mizbeach. Keneged Chudashel Karen. Right up by the point, the point that is the southwest corner, Vidayo, and that's enough. And then what the Kohen does is he moves the Levaina, the frankincense, all to one side. Uh, so when he now is going to take the Kamitsa, the three fingers worth of uh, grain, the Kaimates, uh, where does he. Excuse me. Take the kaimitz from me. Malcolm Shinis Rabish Shamna from a place that's got it's like the oil is very well mixed into the grain. Venoisalasayklishar. He then takes the kamitz and puts it into a different uh, holy temple vessel. Umekad shaybeklisharis. I underline those two words. Umekad shaybekli and apparently sanctifying it in the. I know, the other kli that he puts it in, and then he goes back and gathers up some of the levaina gaba and puts the levaina, just a little bit of levaina that he gathered up on top of this kaimates. Umalehu, and then he walks it up to the top of the mizbeach, which is where the uh, fires are. Umaktiray, and he uh, burns it in a klisharis. Umolchay puts uh, salt on it. There's some salt there. and then puts the Contents onto the fire. Kama, karva kaimates. Once the kaimates has been offered, put up on the fire, shireha the remainder can be eaten. Uh, the remainder is all the flour that's left, uh, and it's eaten. Virashaina kohanim. The Kohanim are going to be eating it, are allowed to. They don't have to eat it just as it is. They can put lesecha uh, yayin. Uh, wine, veshemen, oil, dvash, honey, vein, asur, and it's not asur, elamilichametz, only if it becomes chametz, which, very, uh, fitting for this time, uh, Pesach, um, sounds like you can put wine and oil and honey into your, uh, grain and still prevent it from becoming chametz. True, we don't, many of us don't do that these days. It's, we're very machmer. It's actually, unlike most things, it's a good thing. It's highly recommended to be machmer on Pesach. But uh, just interesting nonetheless. Kitani Miha. That was the end of the Brisa. We did have a reason why we brought this Brisa in. The Mishnah on Amud Aleph had said that the Mincha starts out in a Kli Shares. Kitani Miha. So what do we want to focus on? It says here, uh, quote from the above Brisa, Bekalso Shel Kesev, Bekalso Shel Zahav. Okay? Uh, they were in baskets of silver and gold, not in Kli Shares. Amara Papa, so Papa explains, 
Ema, you have to understand the Mishnah this way. When the Mishnah says that it should be in a klisha race, not that it actually had to be like a temple utensil, but it had to be fitting theoretically to be a temple vessel. But Kalim in the klisha race. Okay. Now, that would seem to imply, Michal, that a kafifa mitzris, lochazia, wouldn't be fitting to be a klisha race. Keman, who would that be like? that the general, say, wood type of vessel is ushered to be a klisharis. Well, that would not be like the local Yehuda. Desan, as we see in the following brysa, which discusses what material the kalim and the mikdash can be made from. Klisharis shasan shal eitz, if you made a klisharis of wood, Rebbe, who's one ton of posi, says that's no good. You can't use wood as a material. Whereas, and we boxed here, Rebbe Yehuda, Machsher, he says it would be good. No pun intended. Okay, so it's apparently our mission is not, should we say it's not like Rabbi Yehuda, because he would say that it uh, would be valid in a wood-type utensil. So the Gemara answers, no, you could even say our Mishnah here in Masech is going like Rabbi Yehuda. Why? Amar, I'll tell you. Yeah, sure, you could bring a wood-type utensil when it's like very fancy. For instance, like, Mahogany, fine wood. That would definitely be acceptable, according to him. However, Bepechusin, to use just a regular old, like, wicker basket or um, palm branch uh, type of basket, Mi Amar, would he say such a thing that that would be acceptable in uh, to be used as a clean in the Mikdash? Vechi, Leisle, does Rebuda not, uh, excuse me, does Rebuda not hold of the principle or the concept of Hakriveyu na Livchasecho? Would you use this to offer to your generals, to your important people? You wouldn't use a plastic cup. You would use a silver goblet. Uh, so to over here, he would agree that if it's a Chashuva one, yeah, but like just a regular old uh, palm branch basket, no. The Bryce Kathirin said, It's put in into a klishares. This was on the last narrow lineup above. We're going to go through and, and, and darshan and uh, explain each one of the uh, things mentioned up above. It was put into a klishares and sounds like there is das. There's like there has to be active intention of the person when he's putting it in that it should be sanctified through that. Well, Shamas Mina, should we conclude from here that Klesharis ain Makadesh and Lamidas, that by just physically putting something into a Klesharis, it won't be Makadesh what's being put in unless there's knowledge and intention of the person doing it, which is an issue which we're not so clear about otherwise. So the command answer is no. Ama, we have to understand the above Bryce as follows. Put in a Klesharis, not that you have to have in mind to be Makadesh, but that automatically, Kadshai, double the lamid, big Basically, why are you putting into klisharis? So it'll be sanctified on its own, regardless of what the thought uh, process is of the one doing it. The Bryce above continued, you put on it, this is a standard mincha that we're talking about here, regular old mincha, you put oil and frankincense, shenem, like the Pasuk says, regarding a mincha, the yatsakala pour on it oil, and place on it lavaina, frankincense. Then bring it to the Kayan, like the Pasuk says, bring it to the sons of Aaron. In other words, the Kohen. The Bryce of above said, the Kohen brings it to the Mizbeach, like the Pasuk says, all these Psukim, or at least most of them, are from Vayikra chapter 2, which is the uh, parak in Vayikra that talks about Karmen. It says over there, and he should bring it close to the Mizbeach. 
Okay, the Bryce above continued and said, um, so where exactly does the Kohen walk it over to Mizbech? Which part of the Mizbech does he have to touch with this, uh, this basket filled with a mincha uh, grain? To the southwest corner, Vidayo, um, and that's enough. Okay, southwest corner. Why, asked the Gemara? Minolan. Where do we know this from? Now, if you imagine a bird's eye view, if there's a, a drone right over, uh, hovering over the uh, base of English compound, you have the base of English building, and then you have a courtyard all around it. Um, to the east of the base of English building is a very large structure known as a Mizbeach. And the Mizbeach uh, has four sides, north, south, east, west. The side that uh, faces the uh, Beis HaMikdash building is the west side. Another way of looking at it is, where's the Penei HaMizbeach? What's the face of the Mizbeach? Well, normally, uh, when you're dealing with somebody else and you speak to them, you speak to them face to face. How does a person, so to speak, associate with the Mizbeach? Well, anyone who can, like the Kohanim, associate with it by going up its ramp. The ramp is on the south side. So we'll say the Penei HaMizbeach is on the south side. Okay, so there's two parts of the Mizbeach. There's the south part, where the ramp is, that's the Penei, so to speak, of Mizbeach. And then there's the western uh, wall of the Mizbeach, which is across from, like directly across from, the base of English building. So where do we know that the Kohen would do the Hagasha on the southwest corner? Dixiv. Pasuk says, V'zeis Teres HaMincha. This is not Vayikra chapter 2, it's Vayikra chapter 6. In Parsha's uh, Tzav, which also deals with the Lachs of Mincha, it says, Hakrev the sons of Aaron should bring it, Lifnei Hashem, I squiggle underline that term, El Penei HaMizbeach, and I squiggle underline Penei HaMizbeach. So you have two descriptions of where it's supposed to be brought to, to touch up. You have it as Lifnei Hashem before the Lord, and then Penei HaMizbeach, which would be like the, the face of the Mizbeach. Which essentially is a different side. Vitanyan, we have a brisa. The brisa goes approximately eight lines and starts here. It's going to deal with like which part of the mizbeach is the kohen for all mincha supposed to uh, bring the the receptacle holding the grain up to that he would then touch the mizbeach with it. Well, here we go. Lifnei Hashem, which I put in quotation marks. The pasuk says Yochel b'marav. Lifnei Hashem means on the west side, so maybe he goes anywhere on the western side of the mizbeach and touches that part with the kli. No, tamalaymar. The Apostle also said, El Well, if you only had that phrase, E, El to the like face of the Mizbeach, that sounds like that the Kohen can touch the uh, Kli up anywhere on the south side of the Mizbeach. No, Tamalonim, where the Apostle had said just right before, Lifnei Hashem. So which one is it? Haketzad? Well, it's both. Megisha Bekerindremis Ma'ravis. He brings it up close next to the southwestern corner. Right by the point of the corner, vidayo, and that's enough. I squiggle underline the word vidayo. Rebbe Elazar, who I boxed, Oimer, You might think that the kli uh, with the mincha material in it can be doesn't have to be like directly on the corner, but could be a little bit to the west of the corner, a little bit to the south of the corner. Amris, we answer. No, that's not the case. It has to be on the corner itself. Because wherever in general in Torah you have Shnei Mikroi's Tupsukim, which seem to contradict each other possibly. 
Echad mekayim atzmai, one of them you could fulfill, umekayim divir chaveru, and also fulfill the other one. In another way you do it, you would fulfill one of them, but you would nullify the other. Well, which way should you go? Leave aside the approach that would be the approach that would only fulfill one but violate the other. And take the approach that both of them would be fulfilled. Colon, and here's how it plays out in this case. If you were going to say Lifnei Hashem is Bema'arav on the west side, Bitalta, then you will have nullified as Pnei which is Bedorim on the south side. However, when you go with the El Pnei which is Bedorim on the south, Kiyamta, you have actually fulfilled, and I squiggle underline the word Kiyamta, Lifnei Hashem, which is Bema'arav on the west side. What do you do? According to Rabbi Eliez, Elazar, HaKetzad, Megisha Lidroima Shel Karen. Somewhere in the southern part, but not exactly on the point of the corner where the two sides meet. That's the end of the Brisa. Okay, the Brisa concluded that you were Mekayim, the Lifnei Hashem. Well, one second. The Heichan Kiyamta. How exactly did you fulfill it? Now, assuming that the uh, standard approach is that you look at a bird's eye view of the Beis HaMikdash building. And that Beis HaMikdash building has the Mizbeach exactly, the square that makes up the Mizbeach, the 32 times by 32 times, is exactly even. So the center point of the Mizbeach matches up with the center point of the Beis HaMikdash building entranceway, in which case it doesn't seem like if you're going to be anywhere on the western wall of the Mizbeach that you would get the south in there also because the entirety of the western wall only at that very little corner would you get it. So Amar Ravashi, Ravashi explains Kesavar Haitana that the author of this Tanaic source of above is of the opinion that actually, and this is a big machlokas that we have in a few other places, uh, the Mizbeach, there's a three-way Tanaic machlokas as to where the Mizbeach was situated. Was it that the 32 by 32 Amma square that makes up the big, not the ramp, but the big part of the Mizbeach, is situated exactly evenly across from the entranceway to the base of English building? Or is it entirely that square in the to the north of that a line that would be the center point of the entranceway to the Mizbeach building, or is it entirely in the south? Well, the author of this Tanaic source up above holds, Kulim Mizbeach, but is in the north, which means that you would be able to get south even on other parts of the wall besides the corner. Okay, my Vidayo, we said, we squiggle underlined it about eight lines ago, and it's enough. We also saw it in the Brisa up above. What does it mean? And it is enough. Amravashi, it's Rich. We have to be told that. Why? When the Torah says that the Kohen has to draw the Mincha close, well, the Mincha is not the receptacle the Mincha is in. The Mincha is the grain. And maybe what the Kohen would have to do is sort of like shake the grain a little bit till it's like just about coming out of the Kli and, and actually touch the grain itself, not the Kli that the grain is in, but the grain itself to the, the flour itself, to the Mizbeach, Kamash Malan, that that's not necessary. The Gemara presses the point and says, maybe that is what's necessary. Nope. Amar Kra, we fall back on the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, bring it to the Kayin, and then bring it close to the Mizbeach. Well, there's a connection then between those two 
issues. Maha Krava, just like when the person brings the carbon Mincha and gives it to the Kohen, Asa Kohen, it's in a Kli. Afagosha, so to the Hagosha, it's done by the Kohen at a later stage to touch it up uh, onto the Mizbech itself. Eitzel Mizbech is in a Kli. The above rice continues said, Mesalakas Levainos, let's Echad, and then you move aside the frankincense to uh, one side. Why? Because you want to make sure, Mr. Cohen, when he's taking his kamitsa, that his kamitsa contains only uh, the grain, no, uh, nothing else. Kihechi deloy tikmite, so that it won't uh, have the kamitsa behadi mincha along with the grain part, which is the only part that we want in uh, the kamitsa. Kit it's not, like we have a mishnah menachos. Quote of the mishnah goes to the end of the line. And it says, regarding the kamitsa done by a Kohen for a mincha, kamets vala biyodoy, if in his hand came up even a tzur, a little pebble, or a garger, a uh, melach, or a little grain of salt, or quart levina, or a little particle of levina, it would be puzzle. The kaimets, and the kamitsa should be from the place where the uh, oil is finely mixed into the flour, where do we know that from? Well, dirsiv, like the pasuk says back in Vayikra, chapter 2, misalta. Umishamna from the fine flour and from the oil. El says migarsha umishamna from the uh, grain part and from the oil. The Brayshvab continued and said sharis And then you put the comates into a different holy temple uh, receptacle and sanctified in a in that holy temple receptacle. Well, one second. Why are you sanctifying it? Lamali It's already been sanctified. Well. Because everything done on a grain offering, the different steps parallel what's done in a animal offering. have is similar to the dam, the blood, let's say, of a uh, sheep that's being brought as a korban. How is a sheep korban processed? A knife through neck, and then the blood comes out, and where's the blood placed into? Dam? Even though the knife, which is a holy vessel, has already sanctified the blood in the Tzavar Behemoth, while it was in the neck, as it was slicing through the neck of the animal, it's then received the blood that is in another uh, holy temple vessel. Even though it's already Kadosh and the Kamitz has been taken, the Kamitz then is placed into, the Kamitz being placed into its Kli is a parallel to the blood being placed into the receptacle of a uh, animal offering. No distinction is made. And finally, and then after the Kamitz is taken that had only um, flour and oil uh, in it, then some of the levain is gathered up and placed onto the kamitsa, which is in its own little kli now. Do you see, like the Pasuk says, kol ha-levayna asher ala mincha, and all the levona, which is on the mincha, adkan.